نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Really the praise belongs to Allah We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves And the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray And whoever Allah leads astray There is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone that he has no partners or associates I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger we would like to begin our discussion this afternoon as we continue and I think the sixth of our series of lectures concerning the explanation or the sharh of al-aqidah al-tahawiyah by al-imam Abu Ja'far Al-Tahawi. And we have covered a number of points The first section of the book Up until point number 21 we have completed And for the most part This part of the book has been dealing with uh, Tawheed In its various aspects to some degree or another uh, And in some detail The Tawheed of Asma wa Sifat Or the names of Allah And His divine characteristics or qualities and also in the last few points, uh, for the last two weeks, the emphasis uh, of the discussion has been on a number of points concerning uh, Al-Qadr wal-Qadr. And Al-Qadr wal-Qadr is considered also to be an aspect of a Tawheed, and it, is, it has been included by the scholars under the section or the title or the division of Al-Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. Because the Qadr and Qadr comes under the Rububiyya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani That Allah is the creator and he is the provider, the protector, the one who gives life and death And who controls the affairs of the universe And part of that Rububiyya or the Lordship of Allah is that he created everything And that he has the knowledge of everything and that nothing happens in his universe, in his kingdom uh, except uh, by his will that nothing can happen except by the will of Allah whether it is of those things that Allah loves and is pleased with or of those things that Allah does not love and is not pleased with but whatever happens it is uh, subject to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all of this uh, is concerned with the aspect of al-aqidah uh, Al-Qadr wal-Qadr And it falls under the category of Tawheed al-Rububiyyah So in our last talk We mentioned uh, four points As Al-Imam al-Tahawi Rahimahullah May Allah have mercy on him He said in the last points that we mentioned That Allah khalaq al-khalq bi-ilmihi That Allah created the creation Having full knowledge of what he created Even before he created it وَقَدَّرَ لَهُمْ أَقْدَارًا And he appointed or determined or fixed or measured 
for everything that he would bring into existence in this creation, uh, everything related to its existence. Uh, and that has been mentioned in the hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and it is recorded or reported by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Al-Bukhari and Muslim that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that when the uh, fetus is in the womb after uh, the period of 120 days or 4 months then Allah sends an angel to write the affairs of that person concerning uh, their uh, provisions or sustenance in this world their lifespan, uh, their deeds and their destination whether they would be in the paradise or the hellfire so all of this is part of the qadr that Allah has decreed and from that qadr is the lifespan of every individual or creature in this creation and that's the next point where he said وَضَرَبَ لَهُمْ الْآجَالًا ضَرَبَ لَهُمْ آجَالًا that Allah has fixed for them uh, their terms of existence how long they would be in this world and finally the last point uh, Imam al-Tahawi rahimahullah said وَلَمْ يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقُهُمْ أَوْ يَخْلُقَهُمْ وَعَلِمَ مَا هُمْ عَامِلُونَ and that Allah, uh, before He created anything in the creation or any of His creatures, He knew everything about those things. It was all known to Him, and He also knew when they came into existence what they would do uh, during their existence in this world. Tonight, we would like to continue with point number 22 and 23 and inshallah 24 and 25 if Allah allows and also these points are related to the aspect or an aspect of al-qadr wal-qadr that has been misunderstood by many people uh, and that is uh, related to the fact that Allah orders and prohibits the creatures or the people and as a result they are responsible for whether or not they obey him and they will be called to account and uh, how this is not in conflict with the fact that nothing happens in this universe or in Allah's creation except that it is in submission or in accordance or subject to his will that everything is subject to the will of Allah and nothing happens and nothing uh, can come into existence of the will of any of his creatures except that uh, Allah allows it and also the point that whoever is guided or led astray then it is uh, also subject to Allah's will that everything wh- whatever it may be in this universe is subject to the will of Allah so Imam rahimahullah begins by saying وَأَمْرَهُمْ بِطَاعَتِهِ وَنَهَاهُمْ عَنْ مَعَصِيَتِهِ That Allah uh, ordered the creatures to obey Him. He commanded them to obey Him. وَنَهَاهُمْ عَنْ مَعَصِيَتِهِ And He has prohibited them from disobedience to Him. He has forbidden that anyone or anything should disobey Him. Here Al-Imam Al-Tahawi uh, brings in clear language to our attention the fact that even though 
everything is subject to the will of Allah and nothing happens except by the will of Allah still we are accountable Allah has commanded the people and Allah has prohibited the people and they are subject they are responsible to uh, those commands and prohibitions and then he says وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ يَجْرِي بِتَقْدِيرِهِ وَمَشِيَتِهِ and everything is subject to Allah's takdeer his fixing or ordering or measuring of everything وَمَشِيَتِهِ and his will وَمَشِيَتُهُ تَنْفُضُ and his will is executed it is يعني, it comes into being وَلَا مَشِيَةَ لِلْعِبَادِ إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ لَهُمْ and the creatures have no will except if Allah accept what Allah willed for them فَمَا شَاءَ لَهُمْ كَانَ whatever Allah wills for them it will be وَمَا لَمْ يَشَاءَ لَمْ يَكُنْ and whatever he does not will it will not be so the first point of these two points that Allah has commanded the people to obey him and prohibited them from disobedience the explainer of this book the Shaykh al-Doktor al-Khumayyis he says here that definitely Allah has ordered his creatures with obedience to him and he has promised them if they obey him that he would give them a great reward if they obey him he has promised a great reward and also he has prohibited them from disobeying him and he has threatened them if they disobey with a terrible punishment and either obeying Allah's commands or disobeying Him uh, it determines whether or not one should earn the reward of Allah or His punishment this is a universal law that Allah has set in motion and it is uh, we can say not a universal law but it is from the Sharia or the divine law that Allah has legislated and He sent through the prophets that the people should obey their creator all the prophets came and said obey Allah obey your creator obey your Lord all the prophets told them this and don't disobey him uh, here he mentions as a proof of this fact the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 13 and 14 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَمَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ يُدَخِلْهُ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَذَلِكَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ That whoever obeys Allah and obeys his messenger then Allah would cause that one to enter the gardens underneath which rivers flow and they would remain in it forever eternally وَذَلِكَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ And that is the greatest or the most supreme success or achievement. What can anyone want more than that? Whatever success that we have in this world, it is insignificant to the success of the next life for the one who enters paradise. But it is based on what? On the condition that you must obey Allah and obey the Messenger of Allah. But then he goes on to say, وَمَنْ يَعْسِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَهُ يُدْخِلْهُ نَارًا خَالِدًا فِيهَا وَلَهُ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ Then he says, and whoever disobeys Allah and disobeys the Messenger of Allah and goes beyond the bounds and he transgresses the bounds that Allah has set of what is lawful and unlawful whoever disobeys Allah and disobeys the Messenger of Allah and transgresses the bounds 
then he will enter him into a fire and he will stay in it Khalidun fiha he will remain in it walahu azabun muhim and he will have a terrible or disgraceful punishment this is mentioned in surah an-nisa chapter 4 verse 13 and 14 here the author the sheikh al-imam al-tahawi uh, he it is brought out here that he has mentioned this point about obedience and disobedience to Allah after mentioning the fact that Allah is the creator of everything that Allah is the creator of everything in the creation and he is the owner and the provider and the one who maintains everything after that he mentions this point that Allah also ordered his creatures to obey him and not to disobey him so this mentioning of the commands and prohibitions of Allah after mentioning of the creation the khalq and the qadr that Allah created everything and he measured what would be the existence of those creatures after he created them and set their measurement of their existence in this world then he uh, also didn't leave them free but he gave them commands and prohibitions and this is hinted at or even it is expressed clearly in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-A'raf chapter 7 verse 54 أَلَا لَهُ الْخَلْقِ وَالْأَمْرِ isn't the khalq the creation and al-amr the command for him alone ala lahu al-khalq isn't it for him alone al-khalq the creation wal-amr and the command yani the creation Allah is the only creator no one else is the creator and also the command if he is the creator then he is the one also who has the right to give the command what to do and what not to do and this ayat uh, is also uh, supported by other ayats in the Qur'an which more specifically suggests what is the command the command uh, here is the command to worship Allah by doing that which he orders and refraining from that which he prohibited and this is indicated in other ayats in the Qur'an such as in Surah Al-Dhariya chapter 51 verse 56 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّةِ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Yani Allah created the creation and He created the creation for some objective وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ I have not created the jinns nor the ints, human beings إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ except for one purpose that is to worship me so when Allah created the creation He created them with a purpose and that purpose is to obey Him, to worship Him and in another place in Surah Al-Mulk, chapter 67, verse 2, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيَّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا That Allah, He is the one who created death and life to test you which of you is best in conduct. Yani Allah created death and He created life. Here after the mention of the creation, the creation of death and life, then He says, what was the purpose of that creation? It was for the purpose of testing you. Which of you will be best 
in his actions. And the best in actions, as the scholars of Tafsir said, it means the best of actions, Ihsan in actions, it means to do whatever you do purely for the sake of Allah alone. Your intention should be purely to seek the pleasure of your Creator, whatever you do. Whether it's what's considered as acts of worship or other things, just your interaction with other people, your business dealings, family relations, everything that you do in your life, not only prayers and fasting and charity, but everything you do in your life, it should be that you are seeking the pleasure of your Creator by those actions and that you should do it in accordance with that which Allah commanded us and prohibited us or that which He revealed in His Sharia or His law or that which He sent to us through the Prophets and the Messengers. It should be done for the pleasure of Allah and it should be done in accordance with what Allah has ordered us to do. Here, Sheikh Abdul Rahman al-Sa'adi mentions concerning the first ayah in Surah Al-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, that Allah mentioned in this ayah, obedience of Allah and obedience of the Messenger, and disobedience of Allah and the Messenger in general. Yani whoever obeys Allah and obeys the Messenger, and that obedience to Allah and His Messenger, it is by fulfilling the commands of Allah and His Messenger and the greatest of those commands is obeying them in a tawheed. The greatest command is not pray or fast or give charity or be truthful but the greatest of all the commands is the command to worship Allah alone. And then he said that the other commands and they are many and different they all have degrees after the command to worship Allah alone, all of the other commands that Allah has given to us are on degrees, some of them higher or greater than others and some less. And also, obedience to Allah and His Messenger, it includes avoiding that which they have prohibited, that which Allah and His Messenger have prohibited. And the greatest of what they have prohibited is shirk, associating anything with Allah, worshipping anything with Allah considering anything to be equal to or similar to or deserving of your respect or your love or your submission as Allah is deserving of such. All of this is shirk and this is the worst and the highest of what has been prohibited and all other things, all other acts of disobedience or sin are less than shirk on degrees, some of them greater or lesser. So whoever has fulfilled these commands and avoided these prohibitions, then he expects that he will enter the paradise and he will be saved from the hellfire. And in reference to the second ayah, the Shaykh al-Sa'adi, rahimahullah, mentions that this ayah, isn't the creation and the command for him alone he said that it means that the creation is for him, it means that he is the one which everything in the creation has come from. And he is the source of the creation, of the higher things or the lower things, those things which are considered to be great or less, including the things 
their characteristics and their actions or the people, the characteristics of the people and the actions of the people all of this is created by Allah Allah didn't just create the human being and other creatures but He also created their characteristics whatever they are described by that's also the creation of Allah and whatever they do of actions is also from the creation of Allah and the Amr or the command is more so in reference to the law that Allah has revealed or sent through the prophets and messengers that which he legislated and the prophethood yani those whom he has selected from amongst the human beings to be prophets and messengers to be a guide and a model for the people and to deliver to them his commands and his prohibitions so the creation includes the ahkam ahkam al-kawniya al-qadariya yani the rules or the laws that govern the creation the universal laws the ahkam al-qawniya al-qadariya this is, is covered under the creation that for Allah is al-khalq it means that he is the one who has the right to legislate the laws and to set the laws for everything in the creation including the qadr and as for the al-amr then this includes al-ahkam al-diniya al-shara'iya it includes the laws or the rules and regulations that govern our lives in this world, the way of life. Yani Allah, who has set the laws of the universe in motion, everyone agrees to this. No man claims that I set the laws of the universe into motion, that I can make the sun rise or come down or the planets to revolve in any certain way. And this was proven in the argument with Musa alayhi salam, Moses and Fir'aun, when Fir'aun said, Ana rabbukumul ala, I am your Lord the Most High. And Musa, when he debated with him, and Fir'aun, and he said, who, he said, who is your Lord? Musa said, my Lord is the one who gives life and death. Fir'aun said, I also give life and death. Yani, I have power over life and death. Then Musa said to him, my Lord is the one who causes the sun to rise in the east and set in the west. Can you do so? Can you make the sun rise in the west and set in the east? Then Fir'aun was, yani, stumped. He couldn't answer. So this shows that everyone agrees for sure, except some ignorant, tyrant, crazy person like Fir'aun, who claims to be the Lord of the heavens and the earth. But all people acknowledge that the laws governing the universe are controlled by the Creator. But what they don't acknowledge is that the laws governing our life in this world, what's lawful and unlawful, what's good and right and wrong, they don't want to acknowledge that this also belongs to Allah alone. But Allah said in the Quran, Isn't it for him, al-khalq, the creation, and the amr, the command, that means the creation, just as he has the right, the power of setting the laws of the creation, he also has the right and the power to set the laws that govern our lives in this world. Whether religious acts of worship or social interaction, government, business, whatever, all of this, it belongs to Allah alone. Uh, here, let us just quickly mention the similar statement that Al-Imam Ibn Qadama in his book Lumat Al-Atikad he discussed this similar point about the relation between Allah, His will governing everything and at the same time the human beings although their will is subject to Allah's will they are still accountable and responsible for their actions because Allah who created them and who gave them a will also ordered them 
to do things and he prohibited them from things so therefore if Allah ordered us to do and prohibited us from doing things then this indicates the fact that we are accountable or responsible for how we act in this world here he says Imam Ibn Qadamah he says وَنَعْلَمُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى مَا أَمَّرَ وَنَاهَا إِلَّا الْمُسْتَطِيعِ لِلْفِعْلِ وَالْتَرْقِ That we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not or did not command anyone or prohibit anyone except al-mustatiyah except the one who was able to obey those commands or refrain from those, those prohibitions يعني if the person is not able to do what Allah has commanded and not able to refrain from that which Allah has prohibited, then what is the meaning of Allah's commands and prohibitions? Why would He command and prohibit someone who has no ability to obey His commands or to refrain from His prohibitions? وَأَنَّهُ لَمْ يُجْبِرْ أَحَدًا عَلَى مَعَسِيَةٍ وَلَا إِضْطَرَّهُ إِلَى طَاعَةٍ يعني, And we also know for a fact that Allah has not forced anyone to commit sins, nor does He compel anyone to leave off those things which he commanded. But those who commit sins and those who refrain from obeying his commands, it is not by compulsion or force from Allah, it is their own free will. And then he says, as a proof of this, the saying of Allah in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 286, لا الله نفسا إلا وسعها. That Allah doesn't hold responsible anyone or any soul or any person except according to their ability. And this is from Allah's kindness and goodness to us. Yani, this ayah, la yukallifu Allahu nafsan illa wusaha. Some of the scholars said this is an indication or an exhibition of Allah's kindness and goodness because this ayah was an abrogation and a removal of the ruling that came in another ayah that was difficult for the companions of the Prophet when it was revealed the ayah in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَإِن تُبْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبُكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ يعني if you do show openly that which is in yourself what you want to do if you go out and do it or even if you hide it within yourself you don't do it but you have it inside your mind or in your heart to do something evil يُحَاسِبُكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ Then Allah will call you to account for it. يعني not only that what you do, but if you think about doing evil, Allah will call you to account for it. That was very difficult for the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. When this ayah was revealed, they said, if Allah command us to do something like prayers and fasting, okay, we can do it. He prohibit us from drinking or whatever, alcohol, zina, fornication, we can do it. But He will also hold us accountable for even the thought that comes in our mind and we refrain from doing it. That was very difficult for them. Then Allah revealed, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا Allah does not hold you to account except for that which you have the ability to do. This was يعني, Allah's mercy. And even if Allah calls us to account for the thoughts that we have or that which we keep inside of ourselves and ask us about it, at least He will not punish us except according to that which you have control over. Yani Allah might call you to account. It may be recorded in your books that you thought you planned to do something even though you didn't do it. But Allah will not punish you for that which you thought or kept inside of yourself. 
as long as you control yourself in that which you had the ability and the control over. And also he mentions the ayah of Quran, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ in Surah Al-Taghabun, chapter 64, verse 16, Fear Allah or obey Allah and refrain from that which He has prohibited, مَاسْتَطَعَتُمْ to the best of your ability. And in this ayah, Allah goes on to say, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَاسْتَطَعَتُمْ وَاسْمَعُوا وَعَطِيعُوا وَأَنْفِقُوا خَيْرًا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ يعني say Allah as best as you can to your ability and hear the commands of Allah and obey the commands of Allah وَاسْمَعُوا وَعَطِيعُوا وَأَنْفِقُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ and spend for yourselves يعني for the next life give what you can give in the way of Allah to earn the pleasure of Allah uh, and finally he also mentions the ayah in Surah Ghafir chapter 40 verse 17 الْيَوْمَ تُجْزَى كُلُّ نَفْسٍ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ اليوم تجزى كل نفس بما كسبت Today, that means يوم القيامة, the day of resurrection Every soul will be rewarded According to what it has earned لا ظلم اليوم There will be no oppression today Not like it was in this world Some people did a lot of good but they got no credit No recognition No recompense, no reward Some people did evil They committed murder, rape, robbery, oppression but because they had power or authority in the land, they were not called to account in this world. But Allah said, لا ظلم اليوم But that day, there will be no ظلم, no oppression, no wrongdoing. Everybody will be rewarded for whatever they have earned. بما كسبت Whatever you have earned. The Shaykh goes on to say here, uh, the next point, point number 23. وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ يَجْرِي بِتَقْدِيرِهِ وَمَشِيئَتِهِ وَمَشِيئَتُهُ تَنْفُضُ That everything happens or works or is bound to تَقْدِيرِهِ The Qadr of Allah, what Allah has set and decreed or measured وَمَشِيئَتُهُ and وَمَشِيئَتِهِ and also according to His will, what Allah has set and what Allah wills. Everything is subject to this. Nothing can go outside of that. And that which He wills is, يعني, it comes into effect. It is accomplished. It is executed. It will happen. It will be achieved. And there's no no will for the creatures except that which Allah wills for them. There is no will for the creatures except that which Allah wills for them. Inshallah, this point requires some explanation. We will explain it, inshallah. But just know that even the will of the human being, it is subject to Allah's will. As Allah mentioned in the Quran, and inshallah we will discuss this point. Then he says, فَمَا شَاءَ لَهُمْ كَانَ Whatever Allah wills for them, it will be. وَمَا لَمْ يَشَاءَ لَمْ يَكُنْ And whatever Allah does not will, it will never be. I mean, nothing can happen except that which Allah wills. Here, uh, Sheikh Al-Qunis, he says, everything is subject to the takdeer or the setting or the measuring of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His will. بِقَضَائِهِ وَقَضْرِهِ By His qada and His qadr. يعني His qadr, His setting the, determining the things and His qada 
executing them. Those things that he said, that he determined, he brings them, uh, he executes those things. Yani there is nothing that exists or happens except by the will of Allah, bi mashiyatillah. Whatever it is, is by the will of Allah. And even now we found, alhamdulillah, willingly or unwillingly, I don't know why, but even some of the broadcasters, I know in Saudi Arabia, when you hear the weather cast, or, or the broadcast for the weather, forecast, they say that it's going to be cloudy, it's going to rain, or whatever, 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 bi mashiyatillah. Even though they are looking, and they know about the cycles of the laws that Allah set in motion, and they know that if a certain type of cloud comes, and it's moving at a certain speed, and it has a certain whatever, density, that it will cause rain. But yet, they acknowledged that even with that, it's still bimashiyatillah. All of it is by the will of Allah. Nothing is outside of the will of Allah. Don't think that you can predict the future without saying bimashiyatillah, bi'iznillah. Insha'Allah, because everything that happens has to be subject to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing can happen in this universe except by the will of Allah. And His will is executed, it is achieved, it cannot be resisted, it cannot be stopped or opposed, ever then, ever, no way. Here what he is talking about, the Mashiach of Allah is of two types. The one that he is talking about now is Al-Mashiyah Al-Kawniyah Al-Qadriyah Al-Kawniyah it means Al-Kawn The universe Al-Kawn The universe Al-Kawniyah The universal Mashiyah Universal will Wal-Qadriyah Yani Qadr Meaning that which Allah determined Or decreed or set This is Al-Mashiyah Al-Kawniyah Al-Qadriyah That which the will of Allah That deals with the universal laws And that which Allah has decreed There is also Al-Mashiyah Al-Mashiyah, the will that deals with Al-Sharia, the law that Allah gave to the prophets to give to the people of what, how they should live in this world. Or Al-Diniyah, the religious laws, as opposed to the universal laws. Here the Mashiyah that he is talking about, that whenever Allah wills something it will be, is the Mashiyah Al-Kawniyah, the universal will. And this also requires some explanation, but I think we mentioned it before. The main point is that the Mashiach, the Qawniyah, the Qadriyah, the universal will, it might include that which Allah loves or that which He does not love. Yani he may sometimes will something that He doesn't love, that He is not pleased with. But when He wills that thing, it has to happen. The Mashiach, Shara'iyah, Diniyah, is only dealing with that which Allah loves and that which is pleased with. Even though that will, Allah wills that the people believe, that the people pray, that the people fast. But it may be that some people do not pray, they do not fast, they are not just, they are corrupt. Even though Allah does not love corruption. So when we say al-Mashiyah, al-Shari'ah, it means the things that Allah legislated for the people to do, He wants them to do it, He loves them to do it, He is pleased for them to do it, they may or may not do it. But Al-Mashiyah Al-Kawniyah Al-Qadriyah, it has to happen. When Allah wills this will of Allah, it always happens. And it includes that which Allah loves as well as that which Allah does not love. Inshallah, if we explain this over and over again, it will become clear. I know it's... Uh, yeah, requires some uh, more discussion, inshallah. Anyway, uh, this is similar, or this is based on the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
Surah Al-An'am Surah Al-An'am Chapter 6 verse 39 Where Allah says مَنْ يَشَعِ اللَّهُ يُضْلِلْهُ وَمَنْ يَشَعْ يَجْعَلْهُ عَلَى الصِّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ That whoever, or whoever Allah wills, He will mislead him. Whoever Allah wills to mislead, He will mislead him. And whoever Allah wills, He will make him to be عَلَى الصِّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ On a straight path. Whoever Allah wills. And also the saying of Allah وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَقْتَتَلُوا وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُوا مَا يُرِيدُ That, uh, this is in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 2, 5, 3 وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ If Allah had willed, مَقْتَتَلُوا They would not have fought They would not have been fighting between them وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُوا مَا يُرِيدُ But Allah is the one who does whatever He wills And even the fighting, if it happened between the believers even As it happened in the time of Sahaba if Allah had not willed, it would not have happened. But Allah is the one who does whatever He wills. Allah read. Allah wants the Muslims to fight one another. This is al-mashia, al-qawniya, al-qadariya. That which Allah decreed, even though He is not pleased with it. And He doesn't love it, but He decreed it for a reason, for some wisdom. And Allah's wisdom is the most perfect and highest wisdom. Sometimes we may understand it and sometimes we may not. But Allah sometimes wills something to happen even though it's something He does not love and He is not pleased with. In spite of that, Allah is the one who does whatever He wills. Uh, also, He mentions here that the will of the creatures, the Mashiach or the will of the creatures does not go outside of what Allah wills for them. As Al-Imam Al-Tahawi said, لا مشيئة للعباد إلا ما شاء لهم That there is no mashia, no will for the creatures except that which Allah wills for them. Here he says that the will of the creatures do not go outside of that which Allah wills for them. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Takweer, chapter 81, verse 27, 28, and 29. Actually, he mentions verse 29, but for it to be more clear for us, we should mention the verses before that. Because this ayah that he mentioned here, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ That, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ That you all, everyone in the creation, that you will not will anything, إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ Except that Allah wills, رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ Who is the Lord of the worlds who controls and owns and possesses and rules everything. He governs the whole of the universe. The ayats before that make it more clear in which Allah says, إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ That is, he's talking about the Qur'an, إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ That the Qur'an has been sent as a reminder for everything in this universe, for all of the creatures. لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ أَيَّسْتَقِيمٌ So that whoever wills from amongst you, that he may travel on the straight path. لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ أَيَّسْتَقِيمٌ And the Qur'an is sent as a reminder, لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ For whoever of you will to go straight. You will to go on the right path, then the Qur'an is a reminder for you. وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا إِنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ But you will not will. Here Allah acknowledged that the human beings, that the creatures have a will. 
that the Quran is a guidance, it's a reminder for anyone who wants to go right, the Quran is a guide for them but at the same time, well, Allah acknowledges the will of the creatures but He also makes it clear that the will of the creature is subject to Allah's will even that will, it cannot be except that Allah wills وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ and you would not will إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ so this requires some explanation also <laughs> inshallah we will explain how the will of the human being it exists, it's acknowledged and because of this will that he has he is accountable or she is accountable if you didn't have any will you will not be accountable for whatever you do but because you do have a will you are accountable at the same time that will is a limited will it's not absolute that you can do as you please totally but what you do is still still subject to Allah's will uh, as we will discuss insha'Allah here he says al-irad al-kawniya that this universal will is not al-irad al-shara'iya the legislated will the legal will of the revelation or the guidance uh, because the al-irad al-shara'iya it might come into being it might be executed or it might not فَقَدْ يُحِبُّ اللَّهُ أَمْرًا يعني perhaps Allah may love something and be pleased with it but He doesn't in His universal will will that that thing happen so it doesn't happen يعني if Allah in His universal will will that all people would be believers then everyone would be believers Allah has the ability to do so but He didn't will such though He loves He loves and He is pleased for everyone to be a believer but in His universal will He didn't will it for wisdom for His wisdom all of this requires some explanation yani Allah might love some matter but he doesn't will it in his universal will to come into being and he might hate or detest something but he might will it in his universal will to happen to come into being for some wisdom that he knows even if we don't know whatever Allah wills for his servants it is and whatever he doesn't will it will not be and it is not possible for it to happen even if the whole of the creation wills it against Allah's will and this which we have mentioned here is in contradiction or in conflict with that which is believed by some groups of the Muslims who deviated from the correct belief of Quran and Sunnah and that is the Mu'tazila or the Qadariya the Qadariya specifically because this aspect of the belief that is identified, the people who identify as the Qadariya actually was also held by the Mu'tazila people but in any case we may refer to them as the Qadariya the people who held that the human beings do whatever they will the actions of the human being is by their own will and Allah has no control over it Allah doesn't know what they're going to do Allah doesn't have any power over what they do and Allah cannot stop them if He wills this is very strange that things may be happening in the universe and Allah doesn't want it to be but he can't stop it this was their belief yani they said that when the human being commits sins that these are by the will of the human being which is independent from Allah's will the sins of the human being are their actions independent of Allah's will Allah has no control over what they are doing and Allah doesn't want it Allah doesn't will it Allah doesn't want it to happen but the human being alone does it it is his will uh, and independent of Allah's will and in this way they have made the human being to be able to bring things into existence 
even though Allah is opposed to it or doesn't will it. Here, there's a brief comment from Shaykh Muhammad Nasruddin al-Albani in his commentary on this book. But the commentary is a little long, so I've summarized it in just a few words. He said that in, in this matter, there are two or three groups, two of them on two extremes and one in the middle. And you know that the Muslim Ummah, the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu is in the middle. Al-Ummah al-Wasatiyah, the middle Ummah between the extremes of those people going that way and the extreme of going to that way and even in the Ummah of Muhammad in this Muslim nation, in this Muslim Ummah there are also people who went to extremes and the Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah are the middle group who, who go in the middle road, not to the extremes here he says the first of those groups is those who said that Allah doesn't love Kufr therefore he doesn't will it and if Allah doesn't love Kufr, they said of course Allah doesn't love kufr. So they said if he doesn't love kufr, then Allah doesn't will kufr to be. It's not in his will. Universal will otherwise. They didn't make any distinction. They said Allah doesn't love it, therefore Allah doesn't will it. So when any kufr takes place or disobedience or what sinful acts, then it's not by the will of Allah. Here they were unable to make a distinction between the will of Allah, that thing which Allah loves, al-irada, al-shara'iyya, in the law, and that which Allah orders to be in His universal will, al-irada, al-qawniya, al-qadariya. So they said, if Allah doesn't love kufr, then He doesn't will it. So when it happens, it's outside of Allah's will. Allah has no control over it. The other group said that verily Allah, He wills the kufr. Yeah, and they said, if it happened, then it must be by Allah's will, because nothing can happen except by Allah's will. So they said, Allah wills the kufr, therefore Allah loves it. Yeah, and he, here again they got confused. If Allah wills it, then he must love it. The other people said, if Allah doesn't love it, then he doesn't will it. So they, they went to two extremes. They said, yeah, and their conclusions were not based on uh, correct understanding. They said that Allah, uh, he wills the kufr, therefore he loves it. He doesn't love it as a deen, and he doesn't love it for the believers, but he loves it for the disbelievers. This is wrong. The correct opinion is the opinion of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah and this is what is based on the text. If we examine carefully the text of Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu is that verily Allah arada wa sha'a al-kufra li hikmah that Allah wills kufr for some wisdom in his universal will. He willed that it happened. Otherwise it couldn't have happened if Allah didn't will it. But ولكن لا يحبه يعني الله ورد in the universal world but he doesn't love it he is not pleased with it لا للمؤمن ولا للكافر he is not pleased with it nor does he love it for the believer nor for the disbeliever Allah doesn't love kufr so the summary or the final conclusion is that we have to make a distinction between الإرادة and المحبة his will is one thing and what he loves and is pleased with is another thing altogether this is a summary of what he said uh, there's still two more points and therefore now just briefly uh, he mentions the two groups who deviated here the Jabariya and the Qadariya the Jabariya are the people say that the human being has no independent will. 
Yani everything is by Allah's will. So whatever the human being does, it's not by their will, it's by Allah's will who forces them to do what they do. Obviously that's wrong, because if people are forced to do what they do, they have no will, and also they could not be accountable if they commit sins or whatever they do. The other people, the Qadri have said the opposite, that the human beings have independent will, uh, independent of Allah, and Allah has no control of it. Both of these are incorrect, and he mentioned some points yani, to refute them. But due to time, we should just go past this. Uh, now, one of the times. The next point of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, Rahimahullah, he says, point number 24, Yahdi min yasha wa ya'asimu wa yu'afi fadlan That Allah guides whoever He wills. Yahdi min yasha. Allah guides whoever He wills. وَيَعْصِمُ And he protects them from misguidance or sin. وَيَعْصِمُ وَيُعَاطِي And he keeps them safe from harm in this world and in the next life. فَضْلًا This is from Allah's bounty. His generosity, his kindness. Something you can say is a free gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever he wills, Allah يَحْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَعْصِمُ وَيُعَاطِي يعني Allah guides and he protects from misguidance and he keeps people safe fadlan as a bounty or a favor, a free gift from him whoever he wills وَيُذِلُّ مِنْ يَشَاءُ and he also leads astray whoever he wills and he withholds his guidance or does not assist يَخْذِلُ whoever he wills and he tests or tries or afflicts whomever he wills in this world with trials and tests or punishment in the next life. Yani this is Allah does as he wills, but this second part he said he, he misguides or he uh, withholds his guidance or he tests and tries whoever he wills out of his justice. Yani he guides people out of his bounty, his favor, whoever he wills. And he misleads Whoever he wills, adlan, adlan, justly. If Allah misleads someone, it is justice. It is not injustice. Uh, then he says, وَكُلُّهُمْ يَتَقَلَّبُونَ فِي مَشِيَتِهِ بَيْنَ فَضْلِهِ وَعَدْلِهِ And all of the creation is subject to Allah's will, moving always. بَيْنَ فَضْلِهِ وَعَدْلِهِ Between his fadl, his bounty, if he guides them, and his adl, his justice, if he misleads them, or tests them, or tries them, or withholds his guidance from them. This is out of justice. It's not injustice. And this is very important for us to understand. Here the Shaykh Al-Kumiyas, he says, uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he guides whoever he wills of his servants to al-iman, faith. وَيَعْسِمُهُمْ And he also protects them from falling into الضلال, misguidance, والمعافي, and sin. وَيُعَافِيهِمْ And he saves them from those things, from misguidance and sin, and from the harmful effects of misguidance and sin in this world and in the next life. So however, Allah has done such out of his favor. He has guided them, he has uh, protected them and saved them. Whoever has done such, 
فَذَلِكَ فَضْلًا مِنَ اللَّهِ This is Allah's fadl. تَسْتَوْجِرْ الشُّكْرَ عَلَيْهَا And it requires of us to be thankful for such a favor. يعني هو الله is guided. This is a favor from Allah. It requires of you to be thankful. And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم it is recorded in authentic hadith but he used to say when he saw someone who had been denied Allah's fadl. They had been tested or tried with some affliction. Whatever it may have been, whether it was some sickness, blindness, crippleness, poverty, or whatever it may be, he used to say, Alhamdulillah ladhi aafani min mabatala kabi. That I praise Allah and I thank Him, the one who has protected me and saved me from that which you have been tested or tried with. If you see someone afflicted with some affliction, whether physical or otherwise, you should thank Allah that Allah has saved you from such. But you shouldn't say such out loud that the person may hear you saying, Alhamdulillah. Who has saved me from that which you have been afflicted with. But you should say it as thankfulness and gratitude and acknowledgement to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet added to that, And he has given me preference, Allah has given me preference over many of those whom He has created with a great preference. And this is also for us to say, to acknowledge Allah's bounty and to express our gratitude at least in words that perhaps the consciousness of such would help us to express our gratitude in actions of obeying Allah and avoiding disobedience to Him. In the same way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leads astray whoever He wills from amongst His creations, His creation, and He withholds His guidance and He leaves them to rely on themselves and He opens the way between them and shaitan and He does not protect them. Whoever he wills, Allah opens the way between them and shaitan and he tests and tries them with some affliction or misguidance or whatever. Then they fall into misguidance, they fall into sin and all of this is abnun minhu. It is justice from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala walahu al-hikma al-baligha and Allah's wisdom is the most perfect, the highest wisdom that there is. And if Allah did this it is out of his justice and it is due to his wisdom based on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wisdom. His justice is perfect. There is no defect in it. Not like the justice of a just judge who is very good in judging like some of the prophets of Allah, especially the prophet Sulaiman. If you remember how when his father, Dawood who was one of the greatest of the prophets that were sent to the previous nations, in two cases he judged and his son, who was a young man, Suleiman, who later was a prophet also, and a king and a ruler of the nation after the death of his father, his son, Suleiman made a judgment after his father's judgment that was more just than the judgment of his father. But even the justice of the prophets is not perfect. Even the justice of the prophets, not only Dawood's justice, though it was correct, the ruling that he made was correct, but his son's judgment was better. But Allah's judgment is higher. Yeah, I mean, we cannot compare even the justice and the judgment of the prophets to the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The proof of this, what we have said here, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-An'am, chapter 6, verse 37. Yani whoever Allah wills, he leads him astray. This is the saying of Allah. وَمَنْ يَجْعَلُهُ عَلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ And whoever Allah wills, he places them on the straight path. And the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Nahl, chapter 16, verse 93, وَلَكِنْ يُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَحْدِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ 
يعني this ayah that he mentions here in Surah Al-Nahr is preceded by another statement which makes it more clear وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ لَجَعَلَكُمْ أُمَّةً وَاحِدَةً If Allah had willed, he would have made you one ummah If Allah willed, he would have made all the people one ummah One nation, all believing in him All worshipping him alone If Allah had willed If Allah had willed وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ If he had willed لَجَعَلَكُمْ أُمَّةً وَاحِدَةً He would have made you one ummah وَلَكِنْ يُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَهْدِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ But Allah leads astray whoever he wills And he guides whomever he wills وَلَتُسْأَلُنَّ عَمَّا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ And you would definitely be asked about that which you are doing in this world يعني even though Allah guides and he wills and leads the shayhum he wills but Allah confirms here don't think that because it's Allah's will that I am guided or misled that I have no role in this no otherwise how can you be questioned about what you did but Allah follows this statement saying that he guides and he wills and leads the shayhum he wills وَلَتُسْأَلُنَّ and you would definitely be asked أَمَّا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ about that which you were doing in this world your actions did you obey Allah disobey Allah you will be asked about which shows that the will of Allah here it means Allah's universal will And it also means that Allah will that somebody go astray out of his justice. Therefore, it means that the reason why that person is led astray is because of their own actions. Otherwise, how could it be just that Allah leads some people on the right path and lead other people astray? Allah leads some astray because of their own actions. That's the justice of Allah. And therefore, he says, وَلَا تُسْأَلُنَّ أَمَّا كُنْتُمْ تَعَمَلُونَ Therefore, you will be asked about that which you are doing. Also, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the time is running out, and it's a very important point we have to conclude here before we finish here. Uh, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm, uh, now, here in Surah Al-Qasr, chapter 28, verse 56, إِنَّكَ لَا تَحْدِي مَنْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُحْتَدِينَ Here the Prophet ﷺ is being addressed in this ayah إِنَّكَ ذَلِي You do not لَا تَحْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ You are not able to guide whomever you will whoever you love مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ But Allah is the one who guides whomever he wills وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُحْتَدِينَ And he is the one who knows best المُحْتَدِينَ Allah knows best those who deserve to be guided. This ayah, some of the scholars said, Ibn Kathir mentions that this ayah was revealed about the Prophet Wasallam's uncle Abu Talib, who the Prophet loved that he should be guided. And even on his deathbed, he said, Say la ilaha illallah. Just say it now before you die. And I will intercede for you in front of Allah. But Abu Jahl and Umayyah, they said to him, Are you going to abandon the religion of Abu Muqalib, Abdul Muqalib, your father? You are going to abandon the religion of the Father? So he died saying that I am on the religion of Abdul Muttalib. So Allah revealed this, that verily you cannot guide whom you love, but Allah is the one who guides whoever he wills. Here this guidance is talking about al-irshad, al-tawfiq, yani al-hidayah, al-tawfiq, it means that only Allah has the ability to give the person the, in their heart the iman. But as for al-hidayah, al-irshad, Yani showing the way, telling people what's right and wrong, the Prophet ﷺ could do such, and so also we can do. We can tell people what is the right way. We can show them the road, the path, how to go. But we cannot make the iman be in their heart so that they actually believe. Yani the Prophet ﷺ was able to show his uncle the right way, but he wasn't able to force in his heart iman. This 
this type of hidayah or guidance of tawfiq is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah uh, also mentions here uh, or it is mentioned here uh, by Ibn Kathir that Allah, He is the one, He is A'lam ibn Muhtadeen, He is the one who knows best who should be guided. It means that He is the one who knows best the people who are suitable and fit for His guidance and therefore He guides them. And He knows those who are not fit or suitable for the guidance. So He leaves them on their misguidance that they put themselves on. Allah leaves them on that misguidance. As for the affirmation of Al-Hidayah for the Prophet وسلم, that he can actually guide it is also stated in the Quran وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِينَ that verily you definitely guide to the straight path meaning guiding the people showing the way but not putting Iman in their heart and all of this about that Allah is the one who guides whom he wills and misleads whomever he wills this is a fundamental principle of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah as opposed to those who differed or deviated on this point uh, there is one more point that the Shaykh mentions here and there is also an important explanation of this whole matter of Allah's guides whom He wills and misleads whom He wills and here just quickly let me just mention some of the verses concerning this if you review them it will become clear in, place, in case we don't have a chance to explain them you can look for example in Surah Al-A'raf uh, Surah Al-A'raf Al-A'am Al-A'am chapter 6 verse 110 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَنُقَلِّبُوا أَفْئِدَتَهُمْ وَأَبَصَارَهُمْ كَمَا لَمْ يُؤْمِنُ بِهِ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةٍ وَنَذَرُهُمْ فِي تُغْيَانِهِمْ يَعْمَهُونَ وَنُقَلِّبُوا أَفْئِدَتَهُمْ That we control or turn over their hearts وَأَبَصَارَهُمْ And their sight, their eyes يعني to the guidance away from it Their heart and their ability to see Allah is the one who turns it This way or that way And that's the meaning that Allah guides or misleads when He will كَمَا لَمْ يُؤْمِنُ بِهِ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةٍ But Allah does this what? Just as they didn't believe in Allah from the beginning. يعني when the Prophet, when the, the Da'i, when the person came to them and called them to Allah to worship Allah alone and showed them the way, the difference between right and wrong and the correct path and the wrong path, they didn't believe in it. Then Allah turns their heart and decides, however He, يعني, turns it. وَنُقَلِّبُوا وَنُقَلِّبُوا أَفْئِدَتَهُمْ وَأَبَصَارَهُمْ كَمَا لَمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهِ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةٍ Because they didn't believe when the guidance came to them and it was offered to them, they rejected it. So then Allah يعني, left them in their transgression, wandering blindly. And also in Surah Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 127, That when a chapter is revealed, يعني, some of the guidance of the Qur'an was revealed, some of them looked at each other. They were in the presence of the Prophet when the revelation came, calling them to do something, to obey Allah, to lead some act of disobedience. Then they started looking at one another to see if they can escape. Because they have already made up in their mind they are not going to accept it. They are not going to follow it. They are not going to obey it. Does anyone see you? Is anyone looking? Can we escape from here? Because they have no idea or they have no intention to obey then they ran away. They escaped from the Prophet Instead of accepting the guidance that came to, came to them, So they ran away. So when they turned away from the revelation that came to them, then Allah turned their hearts away. After they themselves turned away. Because they are people who don't understand. And if they don't understand that this is guidance coming to them for their benefit. So since they want to reject it, and they ran away from it, and they turned away from it, then Allah turned their hearts away from it. And also in Surah Al-Saf, chapter 61, verse 5, where Allah mentions 
the incident of Musa alayhi salam, the Prophet Moses, وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ يَا قَوْمِ لِمَا تُعْذُونَنِي وَقَدْ تَعْلَمُونَ أَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ يَعْنِي When Musa, Moses, peace be upon him, said to his people, Bani Israel, the children of Israel, يَا قَوْمِ لِمَا تُعْذُونَنِي Why are you harming me? Why are you doing harm to me? وَقَدْ تَعْلَمُونَ أَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ And you know that I am the messenger of Allah to you. I came to guide you, to help you, to save you from the hellfire. Why are you harming me? And if they didn't appreciate that a prophet of Allah came to them and tried to save them from the hellfire, but they did harm to him on top of that, not only rejecting his message, but they harmed him. فَلَمَّا زَابُوا أَزَابَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ وَاللَّهُ لَا يَحْدِ الْقَوْمَ الْفَاسِقِينَ فَلَمَّا زَابُوا So when they turned away, the prophet came to them, the messenger, Moses came to them, فَلَمَّا زَابُوا When they deviated, they went astray, أَزَابَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ Then Allah made their hearts deviate. But Allah didn't mislead them until they themselves deviated. When they deviated from the message that came to them, then Allah caused their hearts to deviate from the state path. Wallahu la yahdin qawmul fasikin. And Allah does not guide rebellious, disobedient people. Yani, why did Allah mislead them? Because they were fasikin. Because they were rebellious, disobedient, rejecting the guidance, harming the prophets, even killing the prophets. So the person who disobeys and rejects and turns away, then Allah turns him away. So what is the meaning here? That Allah guides whom he wills and he misleads whom he wills. Allah guides who he sees fit and suitable, whose heart is open for the guidance seeking it, then Allah guides them. And those who turn away from the guidance, then Allah turns their hearts away. Has the Azam been called? It has been called? Okay, inshallah, since we didn't hear it, let's uh, just finish this last point. This is the end of this chapter. Uh, all of them is, in, is subject to his will, between his fadl uh, and his adl, yani between his generosity and kindness and his justice. Here he says that all of the people are under the will of Allah between these two matters, the bounty of Allah and the justice of Allah. So all of the people, either they will be believers, those who are guided, and if so, then that is by Allah's mercy and his bounty and his favor, by his knowledge and his wisdom and his grace. Or they will be of those who are strayed, who are misguided, who have deviated into disbelief or into rebelliousness and disobedience or acts of sin. And that is by the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to his knowledge and his wisdom. And no one, yani, can go outside of the will of Allah. Yani, either between his bounty or between his justice. And this is based on the saying of Allah that we already mentioned in Surah Al-Taqwiyah, uh, chapter 81 verse 29. That no one will have any will except that Allah wills for them, the Lord of the world. And of course, yani, their will is if they desire that which is right and seek the truth, then Allah wills for them, that they will be guided and Allah will guide them. So that uh, the person um, might sometimes be guided and after that, by Allah's favor, after the guidance came to them, they might themselves deviate or slip and Allah would punish them due to some sins or such things. Allah may punish them and allow them to deviate, but the guidance may come back to them again. They may return to the path. And that's why if you see someone who has slipped or began to commit sins or live the wrong way of life, don't give up on them. Because perhaps those who have been guided might go astray. But even the guidance can come back to them. We should remind them and call them and not give up on them, nor should they give up on themselves. But unfortunately, sometimes, and this is, we seek refuge in Allah from such, some people, after the guidance came to them, went astray, permanent going astray and we seek refuge in Allah from such and all of this whatever it may be it is by the will of Allah it is the Mashiach of Allah because Allah's will is over everything so here in summary the Imam Tahawi mentions that Allah has commanded his creation to obey him and he has prohibited them from disobedience and everything is subject to the qadr of Allah and his will 
and the will of the servants is under the will of Allah and he is the one who guides whoever he wills and leads astray whoever he wills and no one is outside of the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so inshallah I hope that most of what we said this evening is clear please review the book and uh, I hope that those who are taking notes at least of the ayats of the Quran that you review those ayats of the Quran uh, and if there are questions about those ayats um, or about any of the points that we have covered up until now because we have finished with this point we have finished the end of the chapter that mainly is dealing with uh, Tawheed uh, the Asma wa Sifat and Tawheed al-Rububiyya and especially Qadr al-Qadr um, so if there are any questions about these points please uh, bring them up yani, in the coming uh, meetings when we meet and we are going to go on from here to a new topic that in Imam Sahawi discussed the Prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Prophethood in general Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk Naam, is there any question? If there are any questions from the sisters, please send them now, from the brothers. Is the will of Allah the same as the law of Allah? Well, the law is of two types. As we mentioned, the ahkam al-qawniyah, yani the universal laws, and there's the ahkam al-shari'ah al-diniyah, the religious laws. So, the will of Allah, we cannot say the will of Allah is the same as the law of Allah, unless you are talking about the will of Allah, His universal will. It is yani, in accordance with the laws that he set, the universal laws. But the law of Allah meaning the Sharia, yani, that he legislated that people should worship him, that people should tell the truth, that they should be just and fair. This is the law of Allah, but this law is what? The Sharia, yani, the uh, Sharia or Dini law. That law is also in accordance with Allah's will, but it is the will of Allah, the other will, not the universal will, but the legislative will. Yani, there are two wills. And there are also two laws. That is the laws governing the universe and the laws governing, governing the life in this world. And the will is also the same. There is the will, Allah's universal will, and there is his religious will. So here, the law of Allah, if you mean the Sharia, that which came in the Quran and Sunnah, do you mean that law or you mean the universal laws? <laughs> they are not the same though. They are not the same, but they are in accord. Yani, the will of Allah and the law of Allah, the laws that he said is according to his will. He set laws to rule the universe and he also set laws for the life in this world. Both of them, both of them are according to Allah's will. But remember, the will, there's the will that Allah loves. And there's the will that may, Allah may not love or be pleased with. So, the law of Allah that he set in the world for these things, is the law is the things that Allah loves. But as for the laws of the universe, the universal will, then this, uh, it is Allah's will. It is Allah's law and it is his will. But we have to remember to not uh, confuse that which Allah's will uh, with that which Allah loves or is pleased with. The thing that Allah loves and is pleased with is the law that He revealed in the scriptures through the prophets where He ordered the people to do good and refrain from wrong. I don't know uh, if it's clear, inshallah. Any other question from the brothers? The sisters have one question. Those persons whose guidance, who, those persons who gui- when guidance came to them, they turn away from it. And Allah turned them away from it. Uh, the act of turning away, are they under the will of Allah? Where is the wisdom to punish them? <laughs> now, if the guidance came from the prophet or from anyone who knows the right way and calls people to the right way and someone turns away from it, it doesn't mean if they turned one time that we reject them and we leave them. We should continually call the people as the prophet Noah, alayhi salam, Noah, peace be upon him, call the people that he was sent to. For 950 years, he didn't give up on them. Though they rejected him, they laughed at him, they mocked him, but he kept calling them. He kept inviting them until Allah's ruling came for them to be destroyed. Uh, but 
If you mean that act of turning away, is this act of the, is it the will of Allah? It is the will of Allah. Which will? It is that Allah has decreed this thing for this person. In what way? Allah knows that this person doesn't want the truth. This person is not willing to submit to the right way. Okay? Allah knows this. Not that Allah forced them to reject the truth. No, Allah is the one who gave them the knowledge of right and wrong. Showing them the right way from the wrong way. Making clear distinction between what he loves and what he is displeased with. And he gave them the ability to obey his commands. He ordered them to do certain things and gave them the ability to obey him. But he also gave them the ability in the will. He gave them a will to choose what they want to do after knowing what is the consequences of their choice. So is it the will of Allah? It is not what Allah is pleased with when they turn away. Allah is not pleased with such. And Allah doesn't love that they turn away. But it is the will of Allah, it is Allah's universal will, that He <coughs> gave the people the ability to choose their destination. That's Allah's will, that He gave them the ability to choose their destination. Do you choose to go the right way and end up in paradise? Or do you choose disobedience and sin and disbelief and go to the hellfire? It is Allah's will that you have a choice to choose for yourself. But it is your will to choose which one you want. It is your will. I hope it answers your question. It's our sister's question. Now, it's not done. Now, the destination of the human beings is known to Allah before He created them. Didn't, didn't the Prophet Sallallahu said that when a person is in the stomach, in the womb of their mother, after 120 days, the angel is sent to them, and some of the things that the angel is to write is those who would be shaqiyun or sa'idun. Who would be shaqiyun? Those who would have the wretched end in the hellfire, and those who would be sa'idun, happiness, who would end up in the paradise. The fact that Allah knows this, and that Allah had it written, doesn't mean that Allah puts them into the hellfire. Allah does not love that people go to hell. Allah does not love, nor is He pleased, when people disbelieve in Him and worship something else as a God beside Him. Allah is not pleased with such. But everything is under Allah's will in that what? You cannot will to go astray, nor can you will to be guided, except that Allah will. What does that mean? It means that your will does not exist, except that Allah will to exist. Allah will for you to have a will. In that sense, you cannot will anything, except that Allah first wills for you to have a will. Your physical body and ability to execute your will, it came from where? Who created your body? Your irada or your will or your intention or desire, your ability to desire something, who created it? Allah. Allah. You didn't have any will except that Allah gave your will. You didn't have any power except that Allah gave you power. So since these things, these two necessary things in order for someone to do something, since Allah created those things, Allah wills that you have those things, in that sense, you do not will except that Allah will. Yeah, I mean, your will cannot exist and it didn't come into existence except by the will of Allah. But your choice to do wrong, after you know that it's wrong, and you know what is the destination of that behavior, that's your will. That's your will. And Allah is not pleased with it, and Allah doesn't love it. But we say it's Allah's will, and listen, that Allah allowed you to have a will, and He allowed you to choose. And then you choose for yourself. This subject of Qadr al-Qadr is a difficult subject, and really, even if we sit until uh, morning, many will still discuss the issue, but try to deal with the basic principles that we mentioned in the previous lecture, and that we mentioned tonight, and the ayahs of the Qur'an, try to review them. Inshallah, we can sit at any time and discuss it further. But you have to keep in mind the basic principles. That Allah decreed what happens, his qadr and qadr, it only means that Allah who is all-knowing knows everything before it happens. It doesn't mean that he forced people to do anything. And that Allah knows those things. I don't know, there's nothing to tell us that it's, uh, maybe it's time to tell us. Subhanakallah, alhamdulillah, 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 alhamdulillah,